The perks of being a waffle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so welcome to episode two of the perks of being a waffle. Yes. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. Our resident singer, Andrea Posada, everyone. Yeah. Clap. Yeah. Come on, clap. Um, I am obviously very talented, guys. Um, I won the voice. She won Grammys. <laughs> the voice, the Grammys. She won everything. Yeah. X Factor. <laughs> yes. American Engine Warrior. <laughs> yeah, I'm very talented. You will learn more about that later, but yeah. Okay, whatever. So today we wanted to talk about mental health. Yeah. Since in the last episode we talked more about school and stuff, this one we wanted to talk more about us, kind yeah. of. And I feel like um, school is kind of really impacted on our mentality and stuff. Yeah. So we'll begin with each of us giving our little personal testimonies. I would say mine is a little bit longer than Exactly. Little, so yeah. that's why I'm going first. Yeah. But we're going in chronological order. Yeah. Let's just say I went through the most of my mental health issues my sixth grade year. <laughs> yeah. I can't really. I don't even think that should count. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it is. From what I've heard, it's a lot. And then we'll jump into... Adriana's story, yeah. which is going on through most of high school. No, it's no. like it, you, we'll get more into it. Trust me. Okay. There's a lot of layers to this. There's stuff. a lot of layers. Okay, so let's begin with me. Yes. So I want to take you all back to my sixth grade year. Oh, flashback. I don't remember what year this was. I wait. What year was this? 2014. Yes, I think so. It is. Well, I know is that Starboy by the Weekend was playing a lot. <laughs> I, I guess. It was. Or was that seventh grade? That was just an unnecessary pop culture reference. Continue with your mental health story. No, because I'd, I'd be on the bus having my little mental health crisis, and the bus lady would always be playing, like, the radio. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know what song? That song by Ellie Goulding. What is it? The. Something like that. I don't remember. Love me like you Yes, do. that one, love, that one. Love, that one. love me like you Sorry do. for the unnecessary loud yelling. Okay, so let's get into mental health. <laughs> so my sixth grade year, let's just say I got into a charter school. Yes, you did. I went from a public school into a charter school. So that was a very big, big jump. My fifth grade year, I was doing pretty good academically. So everybody thought, you know what? Just throw them into a charter school. Why not? <laughs> So I got in, I was pretty happy, but I was upset that I was like losing all my friends and stuff. And over the summer, I had a little bit of a sexual awakening. (laughs) (laughs) I realized I was gay. Um, I'll get more into that later on another episode, but I realized I was gay. And I didn't really tell anybody for like a few months because I guess I thought it was this like dirty secret. So I really didn't want to tell anybody, not even my family or anything. And so then I got into school. I tried making friends, but this was before I became social. So I was actually very shy. Like I wouldn't talk to anybody. You'd have to talk to me first. And a lot of people tried being my friends, but I guess I kind of just brushed them off. One of the first real friends I made was actually um, Audrey. Yes. (laughs) My friend Audrey, my very good friend Audrey. She was actually the first person I came out to. And it was a very touching moment, I want to say. We later found out it wasn't for her, but (laughs) we'll get into that uh, in another episode. Um, Anyways, uh, we were, I had a little friend group because like we kind of embraced each other's friends. I didn't really have any friends though, but but we kind of, 
I kind of accepted her friends and her friends accepted me. So we pretty much became a pretty close group. It was, it was very touching. A lot of us were very close. But then I guess mental health crisis began. I wouldn't say I was the first to go through it. My friend Audrey was the first to go through it. She actually had a very tough time because she had very strict parents. And she was kind of like, I wouldn't say an outsider, but she was into things that not a lot of people were into. She was like, at the time she was into anime and stuff. Audrey? Yeah, Audrey was into anime. And so I guess she felt like an outsider, but I was always there for her. And she started going through things. And I guess her going through things kind of made me think about me. Like I started to think, what am I doing? Where am I going? And all that stuff. For a very long time, I wanted to like deny that I was gay, even though I had just come out to like a lot of people. I wanted to deny it. So I kind of beat myself up about that for a very long time. I also, I don't know why, but I got it in my mind that my family hated me. Because I guess I knew that if I came out to them, they'd be disappointed in me. So for a while, I just kept convincing myself that every time I looked at my family, they looked at me with disgust and hate. So over time, I kind of just started to believe that I was disgusting. I didn't like looking at myself in the mirror. I didn't really care for myself, kind of. I'd like, I don't know, I just wouldn't cut my hair and stuff. And I'd be like, going going crazy. <laughs> and I wouldn't go out a lot at that point. Because at the same time, the charter school I got into was very academically rigorous. So I was always inside doing homework. I was rarely outside like getting any like sunlight or going out with friends or anything. Because at that point, all my friends had strict parents. So I was always alone in my room with just myself, just me and my thoughts. And I guess that kind of hurt because I didn't really know what to think of myself. I already thought of myself in a very bad way. And just being stuck alone with myself made me feel bad. And also, I was used to being the top of my class in elementary school. (laughs) I was a very smart elementary school kid. (laughs) And now going into this like really tough school, there were people smarter than me, like a hundred times smarter than me. And so I guess I just felt useless. And I wouldn't say people would step all over me, but people would like disregard me because I was so quiet. I didn't make myself known. I'd answer a question for the teacher and then the teacher would yell at somebody to like be quiet but the student would think they're calling on them because they didn't hear me answer so like people would always like look over me and so i'd be like oh okay (laughs) and so it started getting worse closer to the middle of the year because i guess a little bit of sidetrack but i came out to my mom it went well but like at the same time i started seeing more of my dad's side of the family for some reason And I realized they would never accept me. I also realized my dad was not the same person I thought he was. My mom wasn't the same person I thought she was. It's just so many realizations were coming to me at such a young age that I couldn't really handle any of it. And so I'd always go home crying and stuff. And my friends were also going through stuff. Um, Eventually, one of my friends got very bad. She actually tried committing suicide. It was very tough, but 
I personally also just didn't feel very good. So at the same time that she attempted doing this to herself, I felt even worse because I thought I failed as a friend. And so I got very emotional per se. And to make matters even worse, this was right around the time we take standardized tests. So oh as we were all in our park testing room, we were all getting our stuff out for, you know, park. We were picking out our books. I remember specifically, we were picking out our books to read in, in between the breaks. And I remember a teacher walked in and started talking to my friend in front of us all, which kind of pissed me off. But like, she started talking about her mental health and stuff and like about her cutting. And I was like, you don't talk about this like in front of everybody. And I just got very mad. And then throughout the week, I noticed, I guess I started to notice my friends more. Like I started paying more attention to them. And I realized practically everybody was going through things. I know one of my friends was going, her parents were going through a messy divorce. Another one of my friends um, was going through like a close family member had died and like everybody was going through things. And I realized, damn, everybody goes through things. And I just felt kind of defeated, I want to say. Like I felt, I felt like I couldn't do anything to help anybody. And so that was the end of my sixth grade year. Stuff was tough. But that summer, I went to a camp. <laughs> I went to a camp, my aunt recommended. I guess she realized, I didn't realize it, but she realized that I was going through stuff. I was feeling certain ways. And so she sent me to the camp. At first I was like, where, where am I? I don't know these people. I don't understand any of these people. They all think differently than I do. They all feel differently than I do. And I guess eventually by the end of that year, I started feeling more myself. And I realized there's really no point in being so emo, emo putting myself down because there's always room for improvement and there's always room to like make myself better. And so I went back to school the following year and I saw all my friends and I saw they were all still going through their things. And then I realized I'm finally in a more mentally and emotionally stable part of my life. And in I can, seventh grade. In seventh grade. I was literally, I, I was like, I have my life together. <laughs> and I was like, I can help them. Like, I can help them. Not by, like, being their therapist or whatever, but, like, by being there. I don't necessarily have to, like, fix their problems. I don't have to, like, get their parents back together. Oh, or get their feelings of, like, depression away. I just had to be there for them. So since I started being there for them, they started being there for me. One of my close friends, um, Jada, at that time, she also came out to me as being pansexual because I was there for her. And at that time, I think everybody started coming out <laughs> and I was like, damn, everyone's a little gay. <laughs> and I guess I realized, I don't know, I just felt better, but there was a time where I didn't really feel good. And for the next few years, I would, I felt better about like emotionally. I still had like low self-esteem. I still had like, but beat myself up about my grades all the time. I still worried about my sexuality sometimes, but like, at least I knew that I didn't have to control everything. So I went on with my life. <laughs> um, I graduated, it was great. From middle school. <laughs> From middle school, it was great. I got into high school. And I, I don't know, I stopped 
I realized this a while ago, but like all of freshman year and most of sophomore year, I was pretty numb. I didn't feel anything. I agree with you. I was not feeling anything. I was numb. So I guess now I'm feeling more good stuff and I'm happy that I'm feeling because it just shows I'm good. (laughs) And so that's my brush with mental health. It's actually really not that much. But no, don't underestimate because I mean it's not it's if hard. I were to it's what I'm trying to say is that it's like it was a lot to me at the time. It is a lot. Cuz like it's a lot on a little how old was I like 12 or 11? I don't know, imagine a little 12-year-old thinking he has to solve the world. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot on me. But as I grew older, I realized, you know, I'm good. Yeah. I'll be good. You will be. I'm good. You are. Any thoughts, concerns? <laughs> um, I don't know. It was very touching. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to my TED Talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it's my, my turn. It's turn. your turn. Um, I mean, just to kind of like give a little preface, I'm still going through my stuff right now, and I don't have as much as an insight as Kevin. Hopefully that changes soon, because it's not going well, guys, but... I would say that I do not have as much like words of wisdom (laughs) or like, okay, I'm over it now because it's kind of ongoing and pretty recent, I would say. Um, Like before, I think not that I was pretty good. Like all throughout elementary and middle school, I was kind of like, just like how we were kind of describing it. And I'm like, I wasn't happy, but I wasn't sad. And I didn't care about it because I kind of like topped it with school and like, with other problems of friends and stuff like at that point in sixth grade the first day I remember I came in this preppy little Tommy Hilfinger (laughs) I don't know how you say that name whatever (laughs) dress and everybody was staring at me because my mom my mom literally thought I would look great and she was like oh my god you look so cute like this and I honestly thought that because for the longest time, I was the reflection of the daughter that my parents really wanted. And I was kind of like... Now you're definitely not. No, definitely not. I'm putting like my personality, my thoughts, my emotions aside. And I didn't really realize it until I made my friends in middle school. I would say that they really helped me. Not in the beginning. Like um, Originally, I became friends with Ken, um, Brittany and Jessica they were really close and we gradually got closer and like towards middle school we just were friends and I didn't have the same middle school experience as Kevin did Mm -hmm. I didn't we I was like concerned about grades but I always had free time I was able to go out out with friends as limited as I could with extremely strict and religious parents um but slowly, like, they were also going through their stuff, and I was there for them more than I was there for myself. Like, I know Ken, throughout middle school, he his parents were going through a messy divorce, like you said. Um, he was suffering with an undiagnosed eating disorder. And he kind of, he was very toxic, and he still is, but he kind of placed those problems on the friend group. And Jessica, one of her grandparents, actually committed suicide, seventh grade. And it was very hard for everyone. 
and I know Brittany was going through a lot of stuff, but she's always been very quiet and kept to herself. But at that point, I was more concerned about them because in my eyes, they were like the greatest people ever. <laughs> they were the people, I don't know, they're kind of, I, the only view I had on the world beforehand was the view that my parents gave me, which is, <laughs> which is basically um, a religion school. And I, I hated it, but I kind of ignored it and said, okay, whatever, this is what my parents want. So them being so like unique and like, they had dyed hair, like it was so crazy. Oh yeah, Brittany's hair. <laughs> yes, and Kev, Ken's hair was crazy. Like it was so cool, like I admired them so much. And like, I don't know, it was great. And I relied so much on them. And as we went into freshman and sophomore year, like I have talked about the fact that we were very academically competitive and I relate to the feeling that Kevin was saying of being numb and kind of numbing our emotions, our feelings down for that one A for the good grade. Um, and we definitely fed into like this notion where our goodness and our personality is derived from how high our grades are. And that's how the world was. You did good if you got a good grade and you did bad if you didn't. Well, this all changed really quickly. Let's say about a month before everything with COVID, I started feeling different, but I kind of stopped, like I didn't really acknowledge it. Like I, was, I wasn't feeling good, I would say, but I kind of suppressed it, uh, especially with one of our clubs. It was kind of an outlook on me where it was like, oh my God, Andrea, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you have no control in your life. You are this big mess. And like everything started going downhill from there. So after that happened, there were a bunch of issues with like school and stuff, but it wasn't that big until March 13th, the last day of school. <laughs> and then we were in quarantine and I started being in my room, staring at my phone on hours and just looking on the ceiling and just questioning everything. And slowly, as like days passed, I fell into a very deep depression, I would say. Um, my parents didn't really notice it at all. They, they noticed that I was in my room all day, but they kind of qualified that as personal laziness. And like I said, my parents are really strict and they have very high expectations for me. And they, and they wanted me to be more. And they even admit that now, like, you know, sophomore year, I was killing myself. Yes, you were. And we were both in the state where we were not doing okay, but we weren't acknowledging it. And they still expected more. They still expected me to know what I wanted to do. They still expected me to do this and that. And as I slowly like stopped meeting their expectations, family life got worse. Like we started to butt heads more. As soon as I started getting opinions, we started to butt heads more. A big example of that is I am not religious at all. <laughs> I My spirituality is a big question for me right now, but I do know that I am not Roman Catholic for a fact. <laughs> but I was forced to do hours on end of religious stuff. My mom is devout Christian. Um, she goes to church once a week, even during the pandemic. Um, she listens to all those little church like Jesus stuff. Mm -hmm. And while I will not 
bash religious views and stuff. They're not my things, but they were forced upon me since a very young age. And I am not with that. And as soon as I started to tell them about it, we everything kind of began. Like we started butting heads. And as I'm in I am in this deep depression, my parents <laughs> weren't helping at all. Um I always had like a lot of insecurities like I always hated myself like I hated to look in the mirror but during the quarantine and everything everything became worse like I would look in the mirror and I would start crying and stuff which is understandable like I feel like each teenager kind of hates what they look like and hates who they are for a little while but yeah um it wasn't good and then suddenly one day oh wait during this time is when I also realized that I wasn't straight I Still wouldn't know what I would call my sexuality as, but I feel like it would be more leaning towards bisexual, I think I would say. Um, I don't know. It's still a big question for me, but we'll figure it out one day, right? We'll like, figure you figured it out. It out. Someday. Someday. I kind of knew, but like... <laughs> yeah. You were, were you surprised when I came out to you? A little. I mean, I was a little caught off guard, but at the same oh, time... Oh yeah, I came out really weirdly. <laughs> yeah. I, I got I kind of got used to people like being being not straight. Yeah, I just kind of accepted the world is not as straight as I thought it was. It really was. We live in a hetero heteronormative society <laughs> that is like no, like I'm being serious. Yeah, like it's right. slowly changing. Like our generation is like, becoming more accepting to different sexuality, gender, all of that. It's changing. Yeah. And I guess I just at this when you came out to me, I was like. Oh, well, I'm just I mean, another one. Another one. Add to the list. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Cool dogs. <laughs> Welcome to the newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I came out to him later. Let me go. Let me get back on track. So then during June, we were in this very unstable civic unrest with everything with Black Lives Matter. And honestly, I feel very strongly about that. Um, and I have pretty conservative parents. I would classify them as pretty conservative obviously kind of goes with their religious views and everything and we put it has a lot with that topic like black lives matter statistics and everything and it wasn't good and i am very how do i say when it comes to some topics that i'm like passionate about i am very like conceited not conceited but like what's the word strong-headed very um, vocal very yeah and it's like I won't let anybody change me. And, like, I know that's not Passionate, a stubborn. Yeah, I'm very stubborn. There you go. <laughs> I'm very stubborn. And my parents felt like that because slowly they were seeing that I wasn't becoming the girl they thought I was going to become. And then one day there was this big, big argument. Out of anger, I did the big mistake of coming out to them as bi. Because, like, at this point, I knew. I was like, I know for a fact. I'm not straight. Come on. <laughs> but they didn't know how to take it and honestly it wasn't that big of a thing we were just not in a good family setting and they almost kicked me out uh when i say kick me out they didn't say okay go out they're like i'm calling the police and you're going into a foster system and i said i don't want that like <laughs> literally maybe don't do that <laughs> yeah i was like hmm I, I don't think that's a good option right now especially with like the pandemic <laughs> and, and the fact that i look like this like you think i could survive no the economy isn't doing too well right now <laughs> so i don't think it's a good idea <laughs> yeah basically no that's a great example of like my mind at that moment 
and I asked them if I could go to like a friend's house or anything and they were very strong-minded with no so I had I was kind of I felt really trapped in a house where I can't go outside where if I look into a mirror that's like right across from my bed I'm I like literally wanted to punch myself and when I went outside like my room it was horrible because you you don't have that relationship with your parents so things started slowly getting worse but then we started hanging out again and yes. that kind of helped me but you know that I felt so bad because at one point you wanted to hang out more but I needed like five days remember oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah I remember that I would so I could be depressed like yes and then that one week where we hung out every single day but we don't talk about but that, that was like <laughs> not yet <laughs> That was in October. No, in August we also yeah. hung out. Like the last two weeks, we hung out a lot. But that's we're gonna we have so many stories for you guys, and that's in the next episode. I want to say main character <laughs> adventures. Um, but yeah, the summer came, and I had gotten pretty good at hiding it from my parents. Like they knew something wasn't up, so they got me a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm, the therapist sucked. <laughs> the first one sucked so much. It made it worse at this point. Oh, I, I forgot a key part, guys. I'm so sorry. In like June, I tried to kill myself. So, oh, it seemed to have slipped my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's kind of funny for me now. I It's probably, probably really funny because my depressed ass thought, okay, let me be so cool. Let me make a playlist oh <laughs> so I can die to. Could you guess the kind of music I put on there? Like, just take a random guess. Rasputin. <laughs> Similar. I put Euphoria soundtracks in oh my, my death playlist. It was so funny to me. Now that I look back upon it, obviously, I was like in the worst. It should probably a dis- be a disclaimer to our audience. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're definitely putting a trigger warning. But, um,. That that's funny to me now. So I took a bunch of pills. Didn't work, guys. I will not recommend it. I threw up the next morning and I had to go on like nothing happened. And I know it's like it's not a laughing matter. It's just, you know, it's coping that Yes. I understand. Yeah. Cause it's hard to think of serious things. So I'm probably gonna look back on this moment and this recording and I'm gonna be like what is wrong with this girl laughing about her suicide attempt that didn't even work like guys imagine it like not even death wants me at this point because it didn't work but whatever regardless things started to get worse and I got this therapist right and obviously because of COVID it was through zoom but she sucked like she was horrible like she was literally she made me fill out one of those like not questionnaires, but Venn diagrams. A Venn diagram. About my emotions. But, like, it was bad. Trust me, it didn't help at all. So, like, at that point, I was like, hmm, let me start slicing myself up. And my thighs got the worst of it, let me tell you. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't take anything seriously, and it's one of my biggest flaws, but whatever. I think it's just a coping mechanism. Because it's, like... There's so much fucked up shit that happens everywhere. Yeah. And it's just when things like hit too close to home, it's just It's funny. It's not I don't it's not well for me it's not funny. It's just ironic. <laughs> yeah. It's just ironic that so much terrible things happen to us and we just had to keep going. Yeah. Like nothing happened. 
And I'm not going to lie to you. I am so grateful that you're able to laugh with me about it. Because if you didn't, I think I would be have to drop you as a friend. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I'm just laughing because... That's funny. Because Come it's on. funny watching you struggle. <laughs> it is. Like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I am such a mess. And, like, we haven't even gotten to recently. Andre is a big mess. Yeah, so then September rolled around. I was hiding <clears> from my parents <throat> really well. But, you know, it's hot. It's short weather. And... A week before my birthday, which is September 21st, mm-hmm. if you guys want to send me a birthday present, go yeah, ahead. Send it to some random school in New Jersey. Nah, don't worry. You could just <laughs> Instagram DM me. I'll send you my address. Email us. E- at, oh, yeah. What is our email? The perks of being no, a waffle. The, just perks of being a waffle at gmail.com. My bad, yes. We will put it in the description box of the podcast. Yes, we will. Quick little plug. So back to my <laughs> depression. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, so I was wearing shorts, and how I stated, like, my parents are really, they don't understand privacy, so I knew my wrist, they couldn't get the worst of it, so, like, let me, let me, let me do the thoughts, but I was really dumb one day, and I was just vibing to my music, you know, I was, like, listening, I was in my feels, and then all of a sudden, I hear the door open, it's too late, my mom saw, when I tell you that this marked, it was so bad, my mom started freaking out, and whatever, like, obviously, you don't want to see your daughter in that position, but yeah. it wasn't, I understand her reaction, but she also didn't take it too well. Um, right away, she was like, it's my fault, like saying it was her fault as a mother that I was depressed, which is really frustrating. Um, but at the, the end of the day, she called the therapist and we did nothing about it. We're in the sense, she took away all the sharp things so that you won't find a scissors around here. Um, <laughs> and she still doesn't trust me, but it's okay. Um, and nothing really happened. Like, I just kind of spent my birthday. You came over, remember? Yeah, I came over. That was, that was fun. I was going to say that was a that bad day. Was, we did online school together. Nah, whatever. It was fun. So, yeah, and, like, a few days later, they're like, okay, you need a psychological evaluation. <clears throat> did I ever tell you? Oh, yes, I, I did tell I, you. I think you did. We have to go to the hospital, and you might be admitted into mental institution. I was like, mm. oh, well. Like, no, the worst part is that day we had a big assignment for Miss Carrie in our, our AP Lang yeah um and i stressed about that not about the fact that i was like almost almost admitted into a mental institution that's messed up no it's sad because yeah it's sad it's like you you're going through such like deep trauma and stuff and the first thing you worry about is like school Oh, yeah. Like, but don't worry. The happiest part is that I got Duncan afterwards. And I came <laughs> and I FaceTimed my friend and we got it done at like 3 a.m. That's just... It's fucked up, but... Yes, it is. Regardless, I went... It was so creepy. Like, they... It was like in the, the ER in St. Yeah. Saint, the Saint place Joseph. where we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andre, you're already telling me where we live. Yeah, honestly, so just really come visit me. Um, and it was like those rooms where you can't see anything. It was like the bed the tv was locked into place and my parents were so disappointed in me i was like ah shit but this they didn't know that i had tried to off myself at this point and i didn't i didn't tell them either let me get this straight if my parents knew about that i would not be able to see you they would personally (laughs) admit me to the mental hospital so i wasn't admitted and whatever so i just got put on antidepressants and that's where i am now um i've just been taking Lexapro, which is the name of it, every single day at like eight o'clock in the morning. And it is weird. I feel numb, but it's okay. 
hopefully I'll get better soon. And I still have a therapist, which got COVID, by the way, guys. But she's better now. That's that's tough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think this is like a good transition. Not really, but this week... Um, this week, our school suffered a major trauma. Yes, we all collectively were impacted. It was a big tragedy. You so, talk about it? I don't really know that much about it. I know just the basics. I know a bit more about it. Yeah. Okay, I can say the basics. Yeah. And you can... So what happened is recently a student of ours at our school um, committed suicide. Successfully. Yes, it was... Um, it was very upsetting, heartbreaking. And it's just, you don't really think about it until it impacts, like, very close to home. And it was just a very upsetting moment for the whole school. And people were, I want to say there was mixed reactions in that people took the suicide differently. Some people were obviously, like, deeply impacted, depressed and stuff. But others decided to take it upon themselves to make make this kid's suicide like a bigger thing, like make it a statement against the school. And while I understand the school, I personally don't believe the school handled it very well. Oh, they did not at I, all. I still don't think the school should very be blamed for the suicide. Me I think it just shows how our society right now has been functioning. And how much of an impact this entire, not only the pandemic, but like our mental health crisis is just impacting everyone. Yeah. Do you have um, anything? Personally, um, the guy, um, I knew him. Uh, he was very close with one of my very close friends. I didn't know him well. I know that I have to kind of put my feelings aside because my close friend is suffering a lot right now. And I don't know, as a person who has been in that position, I it's heartbreaking because you never understand the impact of it. And like, you're just that place where you're so close-minded and it's not his fault at all. He was just placed in a situation that was horrible. And it's, it's very hurtful. And I know even people who don't know him should be heavily impacted by it because he was going through so much pain. And nobody even noticed. Nobody noticed. Um, I have heard that teachers who had him thought that he was doing well and had full-on conversations with him the day that he did this act. And they it's it's just horrible because they didn't know and it's it brings me even to a loss of words of how to describe it because i feel like personally i feel like his memory wasn't preserved and the school is handling the school and the faculty and students are handling the situation so bad but it's not their fault because it's a especially with school and how we're going right now we're just placing so many things and environments that we don't know of and each day brings new heartbreaks and we're just handling it worse and i just don't want it to get to the fact where another person has to lose their life and pass away until change could be done 
it's just a thing of like <clears throat> we as a society and as a community aren't really prepared to handle these types of situations we don't really have the resources or we don't really do the out enough outreach to our youth us people in our community people like us who are going through things and who don't have healthy ways of handling it or coping with it and it's just it's difficult definitely and I know that we have both been placed in an experience where we were really low mentally. And I can say for a fact that we are just not comfortable going out for help because we have not been placed in an environment where help is outreach. And by no means do I want to make his death about that because I have so much sympathy for his family. And I want his memory to preserve as a strong student. And I don't want this to be a cause for change. But it's just an example of how bad we are right now as a society. I feel right now what we need to do is just feel for the family and acknowledge that they're going through such a great loss. Acknowledge that our community has lost a person, an actual person. and acknowledge that things need to be different in the future we can't just blame each other or blame somebody or make this a whole a whole movement <clears throat> what but we, we need also to do, can't yeah. not make it a movement but we can't continue like nothing's going on because sadly he was a successful with his attempt but how many people are thinking about that right now are trying to and I, I, I just want to ask you that. What did you think that at that point, like, I was doing so bad? Because people are good at hiding it. I personally didn't know you were going through yeah. things. And you're one of my closest friends. And a person who I personally am comfortable talking to. So. It's just a really messed up situation. Yes. Because we want the family to understand that we feel for them. But at the same time, we want things to be different. But we can't just use this boy's name as a way to like, as like a rally call. We need to instead preserve his memory and make change as a community, not just because, because of this. Yes. We need to acknowledge that the change should have happened by now. Yeah. And it's very hard, especially I know every single student in our school, in our generation, has suffered with mental health because... Let's face it, as a society, we are lacking and we are being, we experience so many traumatic things and they're just being normalized in our society, in my opinion. But just this happened this week, that day, I know that personally, I was not doing well and I did, I barely knew this kid. I can't imagine the pain of the people who were close with him. I literally can't. Because as a person who, knew him by passing it was the worst feeling ever i was more frustrated kind of because i was just upset that something like this could happen and that people were handling it not a very good way our school handled it terribly i know our school the administration didn't handle it too well 
a, a group of students didn't handle it well either. I know some of the teachers didn't handle it well either. Social media was a big outlet where hate was present and it angered me. It boiled my blood. So starting with how the students handled it, some students use this as a way to get the administration to back down on work, on the workload, on school, which just unacceptable it isn't right at all why some people will just never know and we will never know why he brought himself to do that and we, that is his decision we really don't know why he did it but we also can't assume anything exactly and then the administration didn't handle it well in that when they first were notified of it instead of immediately going into action and trying to I'll make outreach, try to like look for the people most impacted by this and try to help them out through the situation. They send out a survey asking us how we feel about school. Almost as if they want to like play, place the blame somewhere else. Yeah. The school does not have, they have the resources, but they are not implementing it in a way where students are comfortable with their mental health struggles, would you be comfortable emailing your counselor saying, I need help? Personally, no. Me I don't either. have that kind of relationship with my counselor. I and don't I know have that a kind of... bunch of people don't have that kind of relationship with their counselors yeah. either. I don't have that type of relationship with anybody in that school. Something I know is that the teen center we have at our school, which is an organization that like works throughout the state and I believe nationwide. It's very helpful, like very, very helpful. I agree with you wholeheartedly. However, our school has placed this stigma around going to the teen center. They, instead of making the teen center a part of the school, as in actually making it like implemented it within the school, they sort of distanced themselves from it and made it a club kind of. Yeah. They made it an after-school activity. Yeah, not and they were like, a necessity. "You go to teen center. That's weird, and it's not." Instead, the teen the teen center has not only the resources, but they are qualified enough to help us with these types of situations. But the schools always, it's always lacking in funds when it comes to the teen center. They're always downsizing on the room. They're always downsizing on the amount of people who are allowed to go. And it's just not as readily accessible to people who need it. There is no help readily accessible. I know they always say counselors are going to be helpful. But while I respect a lot of counselors, they're always being, they are given more than they can handle. They're giving more students than they can actually handle. And instead of being actively participating in the students' lives, they're more passive. You had to reach to them first before getting any help. Listen, in a school that has 4,000 students, there is a small number of counselors. It is unrealistic to expect them to acknowledge the student's mental health, their academic well-being, and just everything that goes on in the student's life because our lives isn't just school and it's not just outside. Like everything together is what makes us truly us. And they, I don't think they understand that yet. 
And they also tried, the, the administration later on tried to emphasize that the teachers and the staff is here. But I personally, I don't know if I talked about it last time, but I personally don't really have that kind of a relationship with my teachers. I don't really build relationships with them. And I know a lot of students don't really, the types of students who do actively like form bonds with their teachers, they can reach out to their teachers they feel, if they feel comfortable. But the other students in the class who don't really speak up because they're either too shy or they don't understand or they're just pushed to the side, they don't really have that kind of relationship where they can go up to the teacher and tell them their problems. 100%, I agree with you. Um, and I have actually encountered that problem because my depression and my anxiety really, it's hard to do school, especially online. And how do outreach and tell them without it being awkward? Like, how do I send an email to someone telling them that I'm struggling without them changing their mentality towards you? You can't. And there's this big stigma with mental health that we can't ignore. And the stigma isn't just in school. It's oh, yeah. everywhere. It's in our like cultures, Definitely. religion, it's in families. Um, I know personally... Well, the way my family is a bit complicated, but the way my mom and like her side of my family views it is that they actually care about mental health. They actively ask you how you're doing. They ask me if I need anything. And they're always there for me. And if somebody needs to go to a therapist, they don't judge. But on my dad's side, they're more, I want to say traditionally Mexican. Conservative. They're more conservative. And if you talk about mental health, they kind of, they make, I wouldn't say make fun of you, but they joke about it. They say it's not as important. They just dismiss it. I agree. Um, my family, um, most of my family is in Colombia. So the only people that I interact family-wise here are my mom, my dad, and my brother. My brother, he's younger than me and he's more open-minded and he's younger. So I don't want to expose him to everything that I'm going through. But my parents is a different story. They're more like Kevin's parent, father's side. They're more conservative. When I told my mom that I was struggling, she told me to just be happy and think happy thoughts. Do you think that's the solution? not gonna work. Yes. And this is what they told me for months before they realized that, yeah, she's really struggling. Recently, literally two weeks ago, my dad told me, stop feeling so anxious, and then you wouldn't be depressed. It's not um, like that. It's this mentality that they grew up where people can only be doing bad off monetarily, or like if they don't have the physical means, they don't believe in mental illness. My dad literally classified depression as the new trend in our generation. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I definitely don't agree with that. I guess these older generations just don't really. I guess a lot of them, most of them, I know for a fact, do struggle with mental health. But it's just, it's always been like a traditional thing where the man has to be like strong and then the woman has to be there for her kids and stuff. And it's just, they're not, they can't have any room for being vulnerable. 
and it's this culture where of uh i know in spanish we say machismo i don't know how to say yeah. it in english um where the man is always correct and the woman can't be in this position and that's why they don't really accept that people could be affected mentally by these things and there are mental consequences of being raised in such a conservative and traditional way i guess that has definitely affected how the new generation has acted with social media and the internet i guess more people are open to the idea of mental health being an actual issue but just because they're aware of it doesn't mean they have the resources to deal with it yeah definitely like i'm pretty sure everybody at our school understands that mental health is an issue that they have to acknowledge but i don't think and most of them understand that there are the resources it's not that i agree with you it's not, we understand they're there they're not accessible you can't tell me that it's not embarrassing to be in your english class and you're called down to your guidance oh, counselor oh yes that's definitely that's so embarrassing I went down to my counselor once for a scheduling issue and everybody thought that I was struggling mentally, which I was, but they didn't have <laughs> to know that that wasn't even the issue. Uh, it's depressing. It is. And it's just, it's hard. Also, I know not a lot of you guys are probably listening, but if by any chance someone is and you need help, please reach out. Yes, please reach out. Look for a teen center. Yes. Or honestly, email us. Look, email us. <laughs> email us. We have no lives. We'll probably respond. Oh, yeah. Kevin has words of wisdom. I'll make a joke so you can laugh. Yes. I won't, okay. actually. I won't. Don't worry. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Calm down. Okay. <laughs> it depends. It's just, I just hope that our generation is the one to actually acknowledge mental health. And make these resources more accept accessible. Definitely. And definitely fund more towards mental health. Hopefully. Hopefully. And it's sad that it took somebody going such great lengths. For people to actually talk about it. Yes. Because I know there are some teachers who did talk about it to us, like our English teacher. And that was hard. I'm not going to lie. Like, you mean like the day after it occurred? I'm talking about before. Before but then some teachers don't even acknowledge mental health until it actually happens. And I, in that case, I'm talking about our somebody like our French teacher or anybody else. Yeah. And I mean, it hurts. Even when they were talking about it the day after, it hurts, especially as a student who, who goes through all that. It's like this outreach is only available after this. Like, why? Like... And then I can even tell when some of the teachers were talking to us, they were saying it as in a way of if anybody needs it. But what I don't, I didn't like that phrasing because everybody needs it. Yes. Whether we like it or not, we are all at some point in our lives going to struggle with mental health. We're going we to all have brains, guys. Exactly. Like, we're all going to struggle. We're human beings. Please accept that we're not always going to be okay. And so at some point, we're going to need these resources to help us through these tough times. 100%. And I just need, I don't know, I was just upset that they didn't acknowledge that we're always going to need these resources to be available for us for when we need them. Yeah. And it's a big issue. And honestly, 
hopefully more conversations are being started. Hopefully things are going to start changing. But as of right now, there isn't much we could do, which is very frustrating. But there is help out there, which we acknowledge. And usually I'd say we can try reaching out to our friends. But even now, with the pandemic, it's like, it's hard. Because like, we haven't talked to a lot of our friends since the pandemic started. (laughs) And we don't really have the opportunity to make friendships. Listen, you're the only friend I talk to, to be honest. Uh, we don't even talk about mental health that much. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, but we still talk. We still talk. I mean, we complain. That's what we do. There we go. But see, like, even that's good. Like, it's de-stressing, kind yeah. of. So well, find yourself a Kevin. <laughs> fine. <laughs> there are a lot of Kevins out there. There really are. <laughs> Preferably the gay ones. And let me know when you find them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look. <laughs> now you're trying to <laughs> use this as a personal dating site. Use it as my platform. Why not? Okay. I mean, I'm, I play for both teams, so <laughs> anybody out a there. Kevin or Kavina. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let us know. Email us. We will be open to any suggestions. It's funny how we're saying email us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Let's probably put our Instagrams in the the what if we make an Instagram? <gasps> Guys, oh we're God. so smart. Okay, okay, we're making an Instagram. Right after this. We should probably end it. This is like an this. hour. I mean, no, it's not. It's like 56 minutes. It's okay. Guys, if it's you're here, I, I appreciate you guys if you're still here, which is probably just going to be us in 10 years. So mental health is a very big issue, and we're probably going to touch upon this in a lot more later episodes. So don't I'm think struggling. this is just a one episode thing. It's a everyday thing. It's every day, It's bro. every day, bro. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Guys, um, I was also like, very mentally ill when I was obsessed with Jake Paul, the YouTuber. I got his merch and everything. So that's how you know I we was destined talk. for depression. We don't talk about that part. Yeah. Anyways, thank you all for listening. This has been fun. Um, I know last episode I said I'd be 17. I'm not 17 yet. We actually ended up recording another episode immediately after hey hey, we have to plan for par- uh party and birthday celebrations of next weekend yes which, which is basically us in <laughs> basically our five of us in a room <laughs> literally <laughs> playing <laughs> mario kart <laughs> yeah not yeah covid safe guys covid safe of course my room is pretty big yeah i'll have one like mine <laughs> Okay, anyways. Okay. Uh, bye, guys. Um, if you need help, please reach out. Email us, Instagram, DM us, um, um, anything. As By the time this episode is up, we'll probably have our Instagram up as well. Yes. We'll have posted a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're the most reliable 16 and 17-year-olds to talk to. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you. Bye. Come back next it's time. It's every day, bro. No. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.